0: from 45 yards out.
1: This is Cougar Pregame Live, brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Cougar Pregame Live is also brought to you by Siegfried and Jensen, helping Utah families for over 30 years, and by Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen in Orem. To get you ready for today's action, let's join the host of Cougar Pregame Live, Jason Shepard.
2: Good evening, BYU fans. Welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Tonight, the 2-0 and 22nd ranked BYU Cougars face the 2-0 Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. My name is Jason Shepard. Joining me, former BYU quarterback and current radio analyst Riley Nelson. Riley, we've made it to another game that in, in and of itself is a victory, my friend.
3: it is and on a short turnaround nonetheless so here we are Friday night before conference weekend and I've always wanted to help co-host a drive time show with you uh, on a Friday night and here we are uh, living down that dream.
2: Absolutely for those here in the uh, the mountain time zone you're hopping in your car after a a very tough week of work and we're going to get you ready for a little BYU football and Riley, BYU coming off another dominant performance, and this time it was a 48-3 to drubbing of Troy last Saturday. The offense, by the way, looks unstoppable, and the defense really doesn't like to give up any points, do they?
3: No way, and, and neither do they like to give really anything up. I mean, there's no... There's no real missed assignments. There's no penalties, no pre-snap or post-snap, which shows incredible discipline, but then also um, mastery of, of craft and technique, the fact that things aren't happening after the snap. I mean, this team, look, the opponents probably haven't pushed them as much as uh, they've been pushed in the past, but they have 100% taken care of business. To use a tennis term of unforced errors, there have been basically none, which is possibly the most impressive thing for this BYU team
2: thus far in this uh, short season. Before the Cougars face the Bulldogs, let's get to the things you need to know. Number one, the Cougar and defense ranked as one of the best in the nation. Let's just go over some of these numbers here, Riley. We'll start on the offensive side. First in time of possession, second in sc- the scoring offense, they are second in pass efficiency, eighth in passing offense, and the ninth rushing offensive team. The offense right now is And again, you have to take the opponents into account here, but the offense right now is doing literally whatever it wants to do.
3: Yeah, and that time of possession is an interesting stat. You wouldn't think that for someone who played – traditional option team to start off the season, but uh, not only did they handle their business against Navy, but then they choked out uh, Troy last week who tried to, uh, it's a bad thing when you try and r- run, uh, <laughs> you try and run tempo and you don't get first downs, it's just the other team just squeezes you out, but no, they they are doing, and, and by the way, uh, the, the story of week one was the running backs in Katoa and Algier, and then week two, obviously Wilson goes for 392, and the story's all about Milne and and Romney out on the edge as wide receivers. So uh, they truly
2: have been able to um, hit it, hit all sides uh, or aspects of the offense in the first two weeks. And those 392 passing yards for Zach Wilson is a career high. And, you know, we, we talk about the, the receivers, and you mentioned Gunnar Romney and, and Dax Milne. They are the down-the-field threats that we knew this offense was capable of having and just for some reason over the last couple years it just never materialized through the first two games that has been something that's been extremely fun to watch how especially those two receivers specifically able to stretch the field and get down the field for some of those big chunk yardage.
3: Yeah, everyone thinks running down the field is just a matter of speed. Like, what's your 40 time? Oh, I bet he can run good deep routes. But the reality is when you get to major college football, the DBs are fast too. And so it's not just a track race or a foot race. Being able to have success down the field requires very intricate, detailed, and masterful r- route running. Uh, I mean, you look at a guy like Austin Colley at the Combine. He ran a 4.55, five, but that was after months of training and concentrating on it. The reality was he was a four, he was a 4.6 guy, which is, you know, very middle of the road for most ride receivers. But he had no problem getting open down the field. Why? Because he was a masterful route runner. And it looks like Dax Milne and Gunnar Romney are starting to get the hang of that here in their third third seasons as
2: they're becoming veterans and upperclassmen. As impressive as the offensive stats are, the defense just as impressive. Number one in total defense. Number one in passing defense. Uh, third In third down defense, seventh in pass efficiency defense, eighth in rush defense, and tenth in sacks per game. This is a defense that's only spending about 20 minutes a game on the field right now.
3: Yeah, and I'm not going to be that guy that's going to point out the one thing that they're not doing, but uh, Kalani, I'm going to say that Kalani Sitake was that guy, and because in last week's post game, the one thing that's missing from that list, you're right, they are doing it all except one thing that Coach mentioned in uh, last week's post game, and that was create turnovers. So that's something I look for them uh, to do here tonight. That it's been, I can imagine, I could, I got the sense that it was going to be an emphasis from Coach, from the second he got on the mic with us after last game, and so it's something I'm excited to see if they can add that to the list of their uh, already long list of accomplishments.
2: Let's get to number two. Let's get to know Louisiana Tech. They are from Ruston, Louisiana. This is the first meeting between these two programs in football. They are coached by head coach Skip Holtz, and yes, he is the son of Lou Holtz. And you will hear an interview that I did with Skip towards the end of Cougar Pregame game Live, and no, I do not ask if he does an impression of his father. Oh, I know. missed opportunity. It was a missed opportunity. It's one I chose not to. That was that was a calculated choice on my part. All right, here. this is why I was really excited to get to this part. Famous alumni. Okay, now some of these are obvious, especially being in the state of Utah. We obviously know Carl Malone is a former basketball player at Louisiana Tech. That's an easy one. As well as Paul Millsap. So a couple of former jazz players played at Louisiana Tech. Terry Bradshaw, Hall of Fame quarterback with the Steelers. Former Louisiana Tech Bulldog. Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty fame. We know he and Terry Bradshaw were the quarterbacks at the same time. Here's the one that I'm curious because you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're, you're a country music guy. You like country music, right, Riley? Or I, I, I did I read it. you wrong? Yeah, no. Oh, okay. I, I thought you were a country guy. I tolerate growing up in rural
3: Utah and out here in the Mountain West, it's something that I tolerate. But uh, given when I'm in myself by my car, I can't say that I've ever turned on country.
2: Okay, but you do know who Trace Adkins and Kix
3: Brooks are, right? I don't know kicks Trace Atkins. Yeah, Trace is a, he. Uh, he was on a reality show at some point. I he just was on remember the Apprentice. Like, he, he was on
2: the Apprentice. Yeah. Yes, yeah, and he almost won. Yes, big he did. old dude, and With he the deep really voice. smart. Does uh, the Firestone uh, yeah. commercials? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: unassuming. I, I don't know kicks Brooks, but uh, from Brooks and Dunn, you've heard of Brooks uh, and Dunn. I right? have heard of Brooks. Okay, and Dunn. well, that's See, kick, I, I'm, kicks I'm a Brooks.
2: peripheral casual fan. All
3: right. Could <laughs> I name their greatest tits? Probably not.
2: All right. Well, those are your famous alumni. Uh, getting away from that, Louisiana Tech, as I mentioned, two and zero on the season. Uh, They won at Southern Miss 31-20, and by the way, they bust to Hattiesburg, so this is actually their very first time getting on a plane and flying for a road game. And then they won 66-38 at home versus Houston Baptist. Their starting quarterback is a grad transfer, Luke Anthony, coming off a six-touchdown performance, uh, five through the air, one on the rush. But they have used multiple quarterbacks in their first two games. This is something that uh, when we get to know the foe in the next uh, segment, I want to ask our guests what the situation is with the quarterback, um, whether we're going to see one for the entire game, will they continue to use multiple. Uh, the offense right now averaging 49 points per game, but the defense is giving up 34, So they, they have and they have not been facing prolific offenses, so uh, there's going to be an opportunity for BYU to score tonight for
4: sure.
3: Yeah, most definitely there will be. Uh, n- neither of the teams that Louisiana Tech has played are up to the caliber of BYU, but Louisiana Tech took care of business against both of those opponents, as BYU has done. Uh, I I think it's fair to say, well, I think BYU is definitely a better team coming into this game. I I do think it's fair to say that both of these teams will be facing their most challenging opponent opponent to, thus far to the season. Now, uh, relatively, um, the LSU or sorry, Louisiana Tech does not pose as big a challenge for BYU as BYU ch- poses for Louisiana Tech. Uh, but regardless, I think we're in for some good football here tonight.
2: Absolutely, and a very quick number three. Uh, Two games added to the BYU football schedule over the last 24 hours. Yesterday it was announced that Boise State has been added to this year's schedule. BYU will play in Boise coming up on the 7th of November. And then added this morning, BYU will play a regular season game, the latest they've ever played in a season, December 12th, as they host San Diego State at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. We'll have more on that, by the way, coming up at halftime. You'll hear from Tom Holmo, his thoughts on adding those two games to the schedule. Coming up next, we'll get to know the phone as we talk with Malcolm Butler. This is Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. The BYU Cougars
2: hosting the Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech. Welcome back into to Cougar Pregame Live. Time to get to know the foe. Happy to be joined by Associate AD in charge of communications for Louisiana Tech. He is Malcolm Butler. Malcolm, thanks for uh, spending a few minutes with us tonight. We appreciate it.
5: Well, I appreciate you guys having, us, having me on. We're, uh, we're glad to be out here and glad to be playing football on a Friday night.
2: Well, this is my first question to you. What's the vibe around this 2-0 Bulldog team? Do you have a decent read on this team yet, or is it still too early to really know?
5: I think it's too early to know. It really is. Um, You know, we've done a good job of scoring points. Uh, We found a way to win in week one when we were down 17 points on the road. And I don't think people give us enough credit who don't know the situation and that, you know, we we had our game against Baylor uh, canceled because we had about 40 guys test positive in about a 10-day stretch. And uh, the following weekend against Southern Miss, we were still without about 20 guys on our two deep uh, that were out. And so we went into that game uh, with, I mean, we had zero starting line linebackers out there. We were without a couple of starting offensive linemen. Uh, I mean, we were down a lot of guys and got down 17 points in the second half and still found a way to come back, so uh, that was quite uh, the gut check time and really proud of the way the guys performed. Then last week, you're playing an FCS team who, you know, we outmatched them speed wise, uh, scored 66 points. Now, I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, they can put up some points. I mean, they they took Texas Tech down to the wire. They missed a two-point conversion right at the end of that game the week before that would have sent that game against the Big 12 UFO into overtime, so uh, I don't want to take anything away from Houston Baptist. They can score some points, but, you know, we won that one fairly easily, and obviously tonight will be the biggest test we've had so far.
3: Malcolm, in the previous segment, we mentioned a, a few of the distinguished alum. Obviously, with Utah ties, Carmelo being one of them, Paul Millsap also very memorable for Jazz fans. But uh, fans are always interested to know who on this roster. Um, either t- two things, probably primarily, who's uh, who are the scouts coming to watch a practice, and, and likewise, who should they keep an ear out for during our broadcast, and then also those who maybe. Uh, and, and normally these two things go hand in hand but maybe they're not the greatest pro prospect but sure if they won't be remembered for a long time at Louisiana Tech, are there any of those guys out on this on the field
5: tonight? Sure, now we've, we've got we've got a number of guys in the NFL right now and we've got a couple of guys on this team that I think will get uh, definitely get NFL looks, uh, you know our starting center Cody Russey, uh, he's a guy who's a little bit undersized but uh, uh, Coach McFarlane, our offensive line coach, who has been doing this for a long time, says he's an NFL guy, uh, you know we've got a running back uh, named Justin Henderson who's kind of a bowling ball type guy uh, who ran for over a 1,000 yards last year who I think he'll get an opportunity on the next level, at least get into a camp. Um you know, Adrian Hardy uh, is a wide receiver that originally signed with Oklahoma uh, and then transferred to Louisiana Tech. He's got a lot of speed on the outside. Um, you know, so those are probably the guys on the offensive side of the football. Uh, we had another uh, offensive lineman, Willie Allen, who has opted out. Uh, he was our starting left tackle. Uh, he will probably have a chance on the next level as well. On the defensive side of the ball, a uh, little more, a little more difficult. We only got one starter back from last year on defense. I mean, it's Milton Williamson. He's a he's a D lineman, and you'll like him. Uh, he's a guy with a high motor uh, and he's a great player I think he'll have a chance to play on Sundays as well Uh, but we're we're pretty young and pretty inexperienced on the defensive side of the football
2: Luke Anthony is the quarterback He's taken most of the snaps he's a grad transfers come in and coming off a six TD performance we mentioned this in the previous segment five through the air one on the ground but multiple quarterbacks have played in the first two games so what's the quarterback situation right now for the Bulldogs
5: Well, going into week one against Southern Miss, um, you know, it was true split. He he was going to play both guys, uh, you know, in that game and and see who came out. Because the problem is, I mean, we lost a three-year starter in in Jamar Smith to graduation. Uh, And then you don't have spring football, which is when really you're going to probably try to determine who's going to be number one on your depth chart. Uh, That doesn't happen. And then obviously this fall uh, looked a lot different. Uh, You know, we had some stoppages. So he just didn't – Skip didn't feel like he had enough snaps Uh, from the two quarterbacks to really have a difference. And so he went into game one uh, knowing he was going to play both, and he did. And Luke Anthony stepped up, and he was the one that really led us uh, to the come-from-behind victory in the second half. And so last week Uh, He went into that game. Basically, his game plan, he was going to start Luke, and he was going to let Aaron Allen get one series in the first half and one series in the second half, and and Luke looked really well. I mean, you mentioned he had the six touchdowns, five through the air. Um, You know, Aaron did okay in his series, but Luke Anthony's our number one. Now, whether you'll see both tonight, I think a lot of that's just going to be dictated uh, by how this game goes. I mean, if this is a competitive game all the way, I think you'll see Luke Anthony. Uh, but if Luke struggles uh, and you know it starts to get out of hand, I think he'll give Aaron Allen a chance. I think Luke's our number one right now, but I don't think there's any doubt that Skip feels comfortable enough uh, that if Luke struggles, he'll put Aaron uh, Aaron Allen in in the ball game for a while.
3: You mentioned Milton Williams, the only returning starter on what was a very experienced defense last year. Who were some of the emerging, or at least some of the players that Louisiana Tech is looking to emerge to assume that new leadership and playmaker role on the defense?
5: Yeah, Trey Baldwin uh, is a starting linebacker for us, and you won't see him until the second half. He was uh, penalized for a targeting penalty in the second half of the win over Houston Baptist uh, so he'll miss the first half but he's really one of our true leaders who has kind of stepped up. Um, you know you're going to watch a young guy, he's a true freshman named Tyler Grubbs and uh, he probably wasn't even top three on the depth chart uh, going into early September but then when all the issues hit with COVID and as I mentioned we go to Southern Miss without basically most of our linebackers uh, Skip Holtz was forced to put Trey Grubbs out there as a true freshman and he had 16 tackles last week he had 12 tackles he's just a hard-nosed kid that uh has a nose for the football and lo- loves to play so he's one of those kids who's you don't look at him and go wow you know that's just unbelievable athlete but he's a guy that gets after the football um and again you know we lost two guys uh, on the outside the two corners last year both starting in the nfl legerious Sneed for the kansas city chiefs and amik robertson for uh, for las vegas so we had some real talent on the outside so we're pretty young uh there as well but a a guy named Zach Hannibal uh, is going to be a guy who you'll probably see his number called quite a bit tonight.
2: Yes Snead now I'm I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan originally from Kansas City so losing Snead for my Chiefs, that that was a that was a hard pill to swallow for a little bit. I hope he I hope he gets back sooner rather than later. That's a good football player right there.
5: He is, you know, and he really played in the shadows of Amik Robertson. Robertson was a three-time All-American, and he was a guy that if he had been a couple inches taller, he'd have ended up uh, in the SEC. But uh, you know, you know, L- an LSU looked at him, but looked at him late, wanted to offer him as a walk-on, and we had been on him, and he he signed with us, and and he proved that he could play at any level. And uh, but he Sneed really played kind of in the shadows of Robertson the entire his entire career, but he was picked. It was kind of funny in the NFL draft. They were picked back-to-back yeah. picks uh, in the fourth round. Snead went to the Chiefs, one pick before Robertson, and, uh, and you're right, Legerius has had a great start to his career there in Kansas City, and I hope the, that he can come back in a couple of weeks.
2: Malcolm, thank you so much for taking a few minutes. This, this is back-to-back weeks where on our pregame show we've been able to speak to somebody with a southern accent, and I could not be more pleased with that fact fantastic information. Uh, we hope you enjoy your time here in Provo, and thank you so much again for joining us tonight.
5: Well, I appreciate it. I didn't realize I had an accent, so thanks for letting <laughs> me know that. But no, I'm, We're thrilled to be out here, and, and hopefully we can make this more than just a one-game uh, deal. Hopefully we can play some more with each other.
2: That would be fun. Thank you so much, Malcolm.
5: Thanks, guys. You
2: bet. That's Malcolm Butler. He is the Associate Athletic Director in charge of communications for Louisiana Tech. My one-on-one with BYU quarterback Zach Wilson's coming up in just a bit in Shep Talk, but next, it's cougar cuts you're listening to cougar pregame live presented by mountain america credit union on the new skin byu sports network we-
1: let's get you back to jason Shepard and Riley nelson for more cougar pregame live on the new skin byu sports network We've got you some Friday night lights for the BYU Cougars hosting
2: the Bulldogs of Louisiana Tech. Welcome back into Cougar Pregame game Live. It's time for Cougar Cuts. And as we talked about, BYU's defense has given up a grand total of 10 points through the first two games. And honestly, they've only given up one big play. And that was a 55-yard pass completion to in the Troy game that ultimately led to Troy getting a touchdown. Defensive lineman Zach Daw said he thinks that guys getting playing time last year is really paying off this season.
6: We have a lot of guys who were, were young last year who had opportunities to come in, and, and this year they're, they're starting to show And Guys like Peyton Wilgar and and new guys like Caden Haas, they're stepping in, experiences there, and they're confident and they're they're feeling their ability. So this year we're just I feel like we're more rounded, and we've felt the adversity over several seasons, and this year we just kind of putting together some puzzle pieces and trying to be the best we can.
2: You know, Riley, sometimes guys get playing time early because they've earned it. Sometimes it's out of necessity because of injuries and whatnot. Regardless of the reason why, the fact that that these players are getting opportunities to play really does help them out when you get into situations like this because they've experienced what it's like to be in these games before. I agree with Zach. I, I think the experience from last year really is paying off right now.
3: Yeah, and especially on the defensive side of the football, it, offense is a little bit tougher be, uh, Is f- to be able to get in a place where you're not thinking as much just because the game plan changes from week to week, and so you're constantly le- learning learning new plays and wrinkles. But it gets to a point as a defensive player where so much of what you do is just making sure that you're aligned properly pre-snap and that you uh, have and that you know the defensive call good enough to react without thinking. And I think that's what we're seeing on the defensive side of the football for BYU is so many of these guys, have gotten so so many volume of reps that they're not thinking at all and they're just able to react. And when you have a defense that's purely reacting and being athletic and being instinctive, that's when they have the chance to be really nasty, and we're seeing that through through the first two games.
2: Zach Wilson is coming off a career-high 392 yards passing. And as we know, Zach has dealt with some injuries during his time in Provo. But right now is as healthy as he's ever been this season. I asked head coach Kalani Satake how much of a factor Zach's health is when it comes to his play so far this year.
7: Yeah, that has a huge part of it. I think also his work ethic and, and you know, he's feeling more comfortable with playing football uh, and being a, a starter. You know, that that's something that the experience he's had, I think is paying off for him, but the kid's always going to work hard. And and when he's healthy, he can do a lot more in his offseason and, and his preparation but his mind has been working since he first got I mean he's he's been set to play football since he was young you know when he was at Corner Canyon but and even, maybe even before that but I think his mind his preparation has always been there and his body is the, the thing that needs to keep up and once it's all clicking I think he can do some special things for us
2: even though there was nothing normal about the offseason in terms of his ability to be healthy for a full offseason heading into the season you know, this has been fantastic for Zach Wilson. And and now we're seeing, now that he has things taken care of with the shoulder, with the hand, we're seeing that the Zach Wilson that we knew was in there but just wasn't able to perform up to his standards because he was, he was dealing with injuries all the time. Yeah, again, like, so it's a little
3: bit different because we, we just got done talking about how the defense doesn't think uh, and they're able to react, right? So and that's where, like, the intellectual part, that occupies your conscious mind. Injuries occupy your subconscious mind. Just you go to, and, and from someone who had a career where I battled them th- really throughout the entirety of my career, like you go to move somewhere, and then you've all of a sudden, for me, I had a back injury, and i feel it in my back. Or you make a throw that you used to make uh, coming off a of shoulder surgery, and your shoulder just feels stiff. And all of those things kind of build up in your subconscious mind and your body to protect itself kind of wraps this mental cocoon around to where you're not able to, you know, have access to the entire, you you know, call it... The entire vat or the entire sea of your athletic ability so with Zach being 100% healthy he does have access to every ounce of athletic ability he has and he's letting it show combine that with maturity and really a plus decision making and uh, man he's at least through the first two games he's showing signs that he could turn this season into something special not just for him individually but for the BYU offense as a
2: whole without question and, and some of those guys he's throwing to look BYU lost its top receivers from last year year but it hasn't slowed the offense down. Dax Milne said he and the other guys were even more motivated knowing that they had big shoes to fill this year.
8: It definitely fueled us over the off season. Me and Gunner and, and Neil and all these younger guys we, we uh, that were here last year we learned so much from Talon Shumway and the love Hefo and Micah Simon and so we knew that we had big roles to fill and it was a huge motivation for us to just be the best that we could be and make sure that we were ready to go as soon as the season started.
2: You know, Riley, it's one thing to know you have the opportunity and to hope it all plays out, and all the hard work you've put into it, and we know they put in a lot of hard work. It's one thing to to put it all in and then hope it turns out. It's another to actually see it work out, and you're like, man, we, we really are doing this. That has got to be a massive lift for this offense.
3: Yeah, it just fills you with confidence, and you. there's a different air about you. There's no uncertainty. There's... Um, again, talking about this is kind of turned into the, to the, uh, mental the mental part of football segment but you're the new dr manning there you go yes. no but i was i was just gonna say that confidence allows you to just it eliminates doubt and again it frees you up to be the player that you are at your core and that seems to be a repeating theme as we're getting into you know week three and hopefully we see it, the trend continue here tonight that these players are out there playing unencumbered and uh boy when they get to do that the product's pretty sweet
2: It absolutely is. We were just talking about Zach Wilson, and you are going to hear from Zach Wilson coming up next. I go one-on-one with the BYU quarterback in Shep Talk. More Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union continues your way after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: You're tuned to Cougar Pregame Live on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host Jason Shepard. We've mentioned it a couple
2: of times during pregame, but Zach Wilson, coming off a career high 392 yards passing in the win last weekend over Troy, listen to these numbers through two games. Zach is thrown for 624 yards with four TDs, and by the way, he's also rushed for two. He also has a completion percentage of 80. Yeah, he has been unbelievable in the first two games of this season. I talked with Zach for this week's Shep Talk. Here's your quarterback. Zach, the offensive numbers being put up right now are ridiculous. First off, how much fun are you having and how much fun is this offense having right now? Because I can tell you watching it's a lot of fun.
8: Yeah, you know, scoring and winning is is definitely the most fun you can have in football when you put up a lot of points, when you extend your eyes. And so uh, we're all def- definitely having a lot of fun right now.
2: How much of this did you expect? I know you guys go in with the idea that We can do really great things if everybody does their job. Now that you've got a couple of games under your belt, are you surprised that it's come together this quickly?
8: You know, honestly, I'm not, just because I know we have a great team. We have a lot of guys that have played. Um, We've got great coaches putting putting together a great plan. I just feel like this is the year everything um, is supposed to come together, and so – you know, I haven't been surprised at all how much success we've had.
2: Going from last year to this year, there was there was a lot of talk about replacing the receiver production from last season, but that, that hasn't seemed to be a problem. Gunner and Dax have the bulk of the yards, but 13 receivers have caught passes. How much does that help with the type of offensive production that we're seeing right now to have that many guys that you trust to throw the football to?
8: Yeah, it's huge, and it's mostly just because, um, you know, we work through our progressions and plays. Um, you know, we have some studs with those big three with Gunnar, Dax, and Neil. Um, those guys – are the plethora of receivers that get the most balls. But, you know, we could really throw anyone in there and, and, and guys can make plays. And so, um, you know, I knew even with the other guys leaving last year that we, would, we wouldn't skip a beat with the new guys coming in just because Gunnar Dax Snell have all had experience and they've all played and they're all big-time players for us.
2: To say that you look comfortable would be an understatement. You're obviously coming off a career high and 392 yards passing. I'm sure health has played a part in things, but where do you think you've made the greatest strides now in year three?
8: Yeah, I think it's just the experience of of everything I've learned over the past two seasons. You know, obviously physically feeling better uh, is a huge confidence boost. You just you know going into a game, you're just way more confident in everything you got going on, and uh, you know that's obviously a big part. But just the experience, you know, learning from past mistakes, um, understanding the situation in games, and just getting comfortable with it. The more you do, the more you do things, the the better you get at them. I certainly
2: understand the concept of not buying into the hype because you never want to feel like you've arrived. But it has to feel good to get the recognition of being a ranked team right
8: yeah for sure you know and and like everyone says we enjoy that for a day um you know after that win we enjoy um you know our ranking and, and all that stuff but you know that ranking of being 22nd still isn't good enough for where we want to be and so uh you know we go into another week we're oh and o. And we just got to focus on La Tech and, and, you know, all the success we've had doesn't mean anything unless we keep it going.
2: Your journey to Southern California each weekend during the offseason to work out with John Beck has become a favorite story for the national broadcasters to talk about during the game. Here's my question for you, and it has nothing to do with training with John Beck. I've made that trip lots of times. My question to you is how in the world did you occupy your time with that much driving? Was it music? Was it podcasts? Did you catch up on studies? What are you doing to occupy your time, 20 hours round trip?
8: Yeah, you know, it was a mix of things. It was it was putting on a, a podcast at one point or, you know, going through a play, playlist of music or, um, you know, listening to an audio book, uh, you know, whatever it is just to help pass the time. You know, I got a pretty wandering mind as it is, so I was able to keep myself busy.
2: All right, let's focus in on uh, the matchup for this week. Louisiana Tech also 2-0. and oh. Their defense is giving up 34 points per game. What have you seen on the film regarding the Bulldog defense you'll face?
8: Yeah, you know, they're a good defense. They got some good skill set. You know, I would say the biggest thing is they've played a couple teams that like to throw the ball a lot, and, uh, you know, that's kind of how they've been this this last week too. And uh, both teams that they played against the last week and the week before that were, were throwing the ball a ton and scoring a lot of points. And so, you know, I, I know our defense will come out, and, you know, they'll probably be able to slow them down a little bit. But uh, we've got to have this the same production. We've got to be able to score the ball and, and put some points up on these guys.
2: You guys mentioned the goal is to improve every week. Where do you think you and the offense can still improve on Friday?
8: Yeah, just, you know, execution in general, I would say assignments, you know, for me and, and some other guys in the team, it's, it's uh, the pre-snap stuff, making sure we're lining up right, making sure we got the right calls, you know, how quickly we line up, not pushing the play clock, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, I'd say that was probably where we made the most mistakes this last game was just the, the little things, the little details we can clean up.
2: So you and I share something in common, and it's not just the fact that we're both world-class athletes. Thank you for not laughing at that, by the way. We both have a brother named Josh. So how's, uh, how is how's college life uh, with Josh? How's he handle it? And how are you handling it, having him around closer?
8: Yeah, it's great having him around. You know, it was weird being in high school. And, um, you know, I felt like my senior year when he was a sophomore, he was playing a line for me a little bit, which was weird because he's a linebacker and we were short of that position. So now that we're in, we're in college together, I feel like my job is to kind of help him with with the mistakes I made when I was a freshman, whether it's school or football or not taking advantage of something and uh, just trying to give him all the little shortcuts, but it's, it's great to have him around the house. Um, you know, great to hang out with. He's a good kid.
2: All right. We'll wrap things up with the final four question. If you could have a zoom conversation with anyone, who would it be?
8: Aaron Rodgers, And that's Ooh. just, yeah, my childhood uh, quarterback growing up. He's, he's one that I've, I've loved to, to watch. Um, you know, he seems like someone that's just all business. He takes it very seriously. So I would just love to hear what's going on in, uh, in his mind.
2: All right. This is a bonus question. I, Cause I've never heard you talk about like your favorite NFL team. So I don't know. Is it the Packers?
8: Yeah, I would say it's the Packers. Mostly just because of Aaron, you know, every, ever since he's been with the Packers, it's, it's been the team I've consistently watched, you know, every week and, you know, I, I never knew it was the Packers, and I think the only thing holding me back is how crappy their colors are. <laughs> but but you know, I love always watching the Packers just because of how they play and how Aaron Rodgers plays. Very nice. All right, what's your cheat day snack, meal, or dessert? Mm, cookie dough. My girlfriend always brings me some cookie dough. You know, I would say that's that's probably my biggest cheat meal. Is we'll leave it up in the freezer in my room, and uh, she'll bring it by. <laughs> it's a good, uh, whenever you're watching a movie and laying around after practice to have
2: nothing wrong with that. That sounds good right now. All right. What sport would you play if you didn't play football?
8: I always say, you know, basketball was the sport when I was younger, but if I had to go back, I would say golf or tennis, you know, two sports that require a ton of skill and, you know, football is an amazing team sport, but golf and tennis, you know, completely rely on you and, and, you know, you're injury free you know, you can't tell me Tiger Woods isn't living the life or Phil Mickelson or any of those guys playing golf. So
2: very nice. All right. Last question. What makes the 2020 BYU football team special?
8: I would just say the experience, the leadership that we have all throughout the whole team, the will that everyone wants to win. Everyone's sick of having a seven and six season. And so I would just say everyone's, everyone's ready to play and they want to, they want to win some games this year.
2: Zach, it's always great to talk with you. Thank you so much for the time and good luck against
8: La Tech. Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: That's BYU quarterback Zach Wilson, this week's Shep Talk interview. And as if Mark Durant needed any more reason to be a fan of Zach Wilson in BYU football, finding out that Zach Wilson is also a Packers fan, that probably just uh, shoots the fandom up even more as, uh, as he is the biggest Green Bay Packer fan I know. I also did not tell Zach that my high school colors were green and gold, so they actually they're the same colors as the Packers uh, go Kearns High School. Anyway, coming up next, it's the QB read with Riley. You're tuned in to Cougar Pregame Live presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin BYU Sports Network.
1: Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin BYU Sports Network. Okay, I'm going to give you a little
2: insight into this segment. This segment is our QB read with Riley. This is the segment I 100% hand off to my guy, Riley Nelson. This is his segment to do with what he wants. So all of these thoughts... All the preparation that goes into this, this is 100% Riley, and I'm even more excited about this than I normally am because I, I, I'm understanding that there may be references to the Last Dance documentary, one of my favorites of all time. Is this accurate? It is. In fact, I'm going to ask for uh, your
3: participation Ooh, on again. That. Yes. All right, bring yeah. it. Let's go. No, and I, and I knew you would be ready because uh, I remember, you know, I was on Twitter looking for the commentary, and yours was popping up to the top of my feed. And, and, and by the way, I liked a lot of it. So uh, okay, thank no you. okay. So this week's uh, QB read with Riley has to do with uh, we're going to go with the cliche of the day. This isn't something I, I typically do perennially, but I saw a lot of tweets from players and coaches after last week about you know this one's in the books and you just got to go one and zero every week and it doesn't matter that we're two and zero or how we've won. All that matters is the next opponent. You know that's a big Bill Belichick thing and like. That just the cliche, essentially, of like it doesn't matter what you've done, it doesn't matter what's ahead of the schedule. You just got to focus on the task in front of you, and that all is distilled down into a common football saying of, "We just got to go one and zero each week." Right? If you were to uh, listen in and do analysis of post-game interviews across the college football. Or even NFL football, for that matter. Uh, I would venture to say that uh, you would hear that phrase in some form or fashion in uh, 65 to 70 percent of of the postgame press conferences. Uh, across the nation in college and professional football. So where does that come from? Like the reality is for for BYU, and I, I've already talked about Vegas has them as a 24 point favorite. Talked about earlier how even though this is the best team that BYU will play uh, in this short season, uh, BYU should still um, they're far more talented and a, and a better better football team and should take care of business. Um, so how do you handle that? How do you handle how do you go one and zero each week and uh, and not not set yourself up for trap games or letdowns. Uh, the reality is these kids that are out here on the field for this BYU football program are extreme competitors. And competitors, like, I, so I'll share a personal anecdote here. I, my senior game, I remember when the schedule came out and I looked at my last uh, game on the field here at BYU, and we were playing Idaho, the Vandals, right? And I was like, I got to admit, like, this first time I've ever admitted this publicly, but I was... It, I was mad and to a degree disappointed because, like, we should no way, like, it should never even be close, right? And sure enough, came out through three touchdowns in the first half. And uh, came out and played a series and sat. and it was fine because it was great to have a nice guaranteed win. But I'd weigh the, rather than having a guaranteed win in my senior night, I'd rather have a nail biter down, uh, you know, down to the finish. And, and whether you win or lose it, at least it was one of those memorable competitive games. Of course, you want to win everything, but that whole thing goes to these kids have to feel challenged. And if the if the actual opponent, I, it does happen when in the week when you get the scouting report and you turn on that film on Monday as a college football player, like you turn on the film, you're like. Man, like, what do these guys do that gives us problems? I don't know. I'm looking and I'm trying to find a guy. Do they got a guy who's maybe going to be a draft pick? I don't know. Not really. Their scheme looks like they're pretty vanilla on defense. Nothing that gives us fits from a coverage standpoint or up front or, or any of those things. And so, if if when you turn on the film and you look at the scouting report and you don't see any obvious challenge, what do you do? Well, I think you kind of have to create it. So, this Shep, this is where I'm going to have you come in. Tell, okay. remind everybody: LeBradford Smith in mm-hmm. the Last Dance and Michael Jordan. Yeah. So, he was, he, poor little rookie for the Washington. Yeah, it was the Bullets. Washington
2: Bullets back then. Yeah, LeBradford Smith. There was it was a game in '93 where Jordan uh, and the Bulls were in Washington. At least I think they're in Washington. It doesn't really matter where it was played. E- either way, uh, LeBradford Smith was averaging about nine points per game. But in this game, he got hot, scored 37 points. And the Bulls ended up winning, but after the game, uh, Jordan said that LeBradford Smith came up to him and allegedly said, nice game, Mike, to which Jordan felt slighted for. So he said, the next time I face that guy, we're going to destroy him. And that's exactly what happened. But do you (laughs) want to know the real story behind it? The guy never actually said it. It was completely made up. Jordan made it up so that he had motivation the next time they played. And that's exactly like that's
3: how uh, Jordan is an extreme example. Like, I, the last dance made that evident. And quite honestly, I don't know. <laughs> I, I had a lot of moments where I'm like, look, even if it meant reaching the athletic heights of greatness that he did, would I trade like just sacrificing any semblance of a normal mentality or a normal life for, for what he's achieved? And I, I, I don't know that I have the answer for that. Most people, <laughs> like you think of course yes, but I honestly don't know the fact that some rookie that poses no threat to you, by the way, the Bulls the game he scored 37 in, the Bulls still one handedly. Yes, it's they just, still won it going it's away. It's just the rookie happened to, have a good, happened to have a good night, and then the whole he created this whole narrative, and there there's no disrespect in saying good game, Mike, except for the fact that he was a rookie and Michael Jordan was Michael Jordan. And you don't call Michael Jordan Mike; Mike. you call him Mister Jordan or Michael or something like that. But these BYU players, and to accomplish this goal of going one and one to zero each week, you have to find that. Whether it's a, you know, and you hear about bulletin board material that can sometimes be a distraction, but you have to find that as a player. It's like, oh, you know what? This defensive end is uh, he's he's got. a sack. He's got multiple sacks in the last three games. Alright, I'm going to make sure that I know. you got to create these games within the games. Like, I am not going to let him get that. Or you see a defensive, uh, like a cornerback do a thing where maybe he's acting like he's bailing out on a coverage but then he comes out and picks off a flat route or something right you have to find these games within a game where guys have had little moments of success and say all right he's not going to have that for me and it just helps you dial in that focus and again it goes back to as competitors as we're learning that this BYU team is and hopefully all of these high level athletes are they need to feel challenged and so if that challenge if that challenge doesn't necessarily present itself in the opponent it's become it's incumbent upon you as the as a player as yourself but then also your coaches in the program in ger- general to create one, even if it means uh, inventing some story <laughs> about someone disrespecting you by telling you good game.
2: Great stuff. That's this week's QB read with Riley. And seriously, the last dance, even though it ended the way it did with Jordan and the bulls ripping the hearts out of jazz fans, even though it, it pained me to have to relive that again, it's still one of my favorite documentaries of all time. And I, and the thing I took away, and it goes along with what you're talking about, is is the competitive nature, specifically of Jordan, but but top tier athletes and what they do, the preparation and all of the physical stuff that go that goes into getting ready for these games and these matchups, but but what they do mentally is just on a different level.
3: Yeah, if you want another taste, uh, go to the. And by the way, not don't mean to plug, and I don't even know if this is appropriate, but the, on the Ryan Russillo podcast, he interviewed an author of a new Kobe and Shaq book. A guy just wrote a book, I can't remember the name of the author's name, sorry to him, but um, it wrote a book on the Kobe and Shaq Lakers and talked about Kobe uh, trying to follow in the foot, literally in the exact footsteps of Michael Jordan used to do that stuff, but he wasn't the raw killer. It was For him, it was more an act that became reality. Like, the mama thing was something he invented and became a self-fulfilling prophecy, whereas, all, by all accounts, Jordan was just like that... <laughs> yeah that nasty raw dog competitor from day 1 and it's just the way he was anyway and they've got some stories in that podcast and in that book apparently of Kobe doing the same thing and like i tell you like i it's great and these guys achieved the absolute pinnacle of athletic greatness but man they had they lived they lived some interesting lives yes. and did some interesting things to get there
2: without question reward yourself with my style checking from Mountain America Credit Union earn points towards travel gift cards events and more details at M- macu.com slash my style membership required based on eligibility coming up next we'll visit with the voice greg Rubel. cougar pregame live presented by mountain america credit union continues next on the new skin byu sports network
1: this is cougar pregame live on the new skin byu sports network Alongside Riley Nelson, here's Jason Shepard. Tonight's matchup from Lavelle Edwards Stadium has the BYU Cougars welcoming
2: in the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. First ever meeting between these two programs, and to get more information on tonight's matchup, we visit with the voice. His name is Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars. Good evening, Greg. Hello, Shep. Let's uh, let's focus in. Look in from week to week. You're hoping that everybody just makes it from one week to the next and that you're able to play a football game. We've made it another week. There were some guys that were out last week. Do we have any updates after talking with Kalani Satake? And for those, that you'll be able to hear the entire conversation coming up in about a half an hour or so. Do we have any updates on anybody that may have missed last week's game? Are they going to be available for tonight?
0: Yes, uh, Keenan Ellis and Isaiah Heron most prominently will be available. Isaiah Kafusi, who was a bit of a question mark at a point last week, did come back, though he didn't get enough work in practice. They only played him a little bit during the game last week. But uh, those DBs I mentioned are indeed back. Uh, Chris Jackson wasn't seen last week, but is warming up uh, tonight. And, uh, you know, those are the, the maybe the main uh, names of note who maybe weren't available last week that are available tonight. Uh, so those are, are kind of top of mind right now. Uh, we will watch to see again how the offensive line comes out. We'll see if any reshuffling there is needed as it was last week. And so I'll be watching for that in particular when the uh, full uniform Pre-game warm-ups begin. We've already seen the T-shirt and shorts warm-ups, but sometimes guys will be getting treatment during that time, and then we won't see them again until the pads come on and they come out for their final pre-game warm-up. So I'll be watching O-line uh, for that reason in particular. Uh, other than that, uh, yeah, through through you know two games and uh, already four or five weeks of the calendar. Here's BYU at two and zero and ranked twenty-second, and with uh, I-, I guess we could say most of their most important players uh, healthy and able. And and not that you can overlook, you know, the absence of, of Matt Bushman, which, we, you know, imagine how good BYU would be if you'd in, been incorporating yeah. Matt Bushman through two weeks in this offense. But that said, they're finding ways to make do and do things a little differently and successfully so through two weeks. I just wish Matt were a part of it.
3: Greg, help the fans out there assess the true challenge that the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs pose for the Cougars here tonight. I mean, 24-point favorites at Vegas but probably the best team that BYU is going to face so far. What really should we expect tonight as far as, uh, you know, maybe a spread or a score?
0: Well, a a 1,000-yard back is back for La Tech and a ton of wide receivers with experience from last year. Now, the quarterback situation may be a little little bit unsettled still because they've used both guys, but it felt to me like Luke Anthony kind of grabbed that job against Houston Baptist. He had a six-touchdown week, five passing and one rushing. And, and what, what last week was beneficial for, what helps BYU, is that what they saw in Troy, basically Troy's scout becomes uh, the La Tech scout, at least on offense. Uh, what you don't have is the Troy Tempo. Uh, You're not going to see as many plays run. They're not going to hurry it up, but they will give you the same thing. They're going to give you 10 personnel for 95% of the night. They don't employ a tight end. It's four and five wides pretty much every time. They'll occasionally throw a fullback in for a heavy set or a double full for a heavy set. But generally speaking, it's Troy spread another week later with different personnel. Uh, And you could argue uh, maybe a couple upgrades at that spot. I I think anytime you go to a, a conference foe at Southern Miss, fall down 17, in the third quarter, find a way to win that game. You got something going on, and so that is lawtech Now, what you do look at is that the both uh, both teams that have faced Louisiana Tech, Shep and Riles, is that uh, they both scored 30 plus. Yeah. Now, if those teams, Southern Miss and Houston Baptist, are scoring 30 plus, what can BYU do against the Law Tech defense? Because there are number uh, uh, an FCS team had 500 plus yards of total offense on Louisiana Tech last week. You might just stop there. <laughs> if an FCS gets 500, what can BYU do? Now, granted, Houston Baptist is a really good FCS with a prolific offense, but still, if an FCS goes for 500, you should be able to do some things with your with, with your group and your BYU. So uh, the points and the yards should be there. I, I really think, Riley, m- more so than maybe a spread, and I can think of right now it's 24 um, is how sharp can be? Can BYU be sharp again? We saw one penalty in the first week. We saw two penalties in the second week. If they have an average number, they'll set a new school record for fewest penalties through three games easily, and by a great distance over their second best performance that way. But beyond just the penalties or lack thereof, uh, you know, h- how often are they in third and long? How often are they going third and uh, three and out? BYU literally has guys one three and out this season. 1-3 and out in 24 offensive possessions. That is sharp. How long can that kind of sharpness prevail for BYU? And hopefully, Shep, it's one more week.
2: Well, and, and maybe that's the answer to this question. This will be the last question before I let both of you go. we got about 30 seconds here. Been a lot to be impressed with. What has impressed you most about BYU's 2-0 start?
0: Well, I, if, if I could go to that combination of both discipline and efficiency combined on the offensive side and the fact that BYU has been as good defensively when it comes to those three and outs as few uh, three and outs as BYU's had on offense that's as many as they're forcing on the opposition the opposition goes three and out roughly half of their offensive drives that's an amazing thing and beyond that the other overarching thing I'm most impressed with Jason is the fact that you can't say that either of the three main phases has a weak spot right now or has been a problem for BYU something to really uh really work on yeah the defense would like more takeaways but no one's gotten to 200 yards on offense on them yet right and they've only allowed 10 points and so it's all about points as opposed to takeaways the takeaways will come but they're being disruptive without takeaways defense is doing their job offense is speaking for itself and Jake's making all of his kicks Ryan Rico when he gets a chance to punt will do a great job I just think right now through two games all three phases a-OK, and really uh, very few uh, weak spots to point to.
2: He is the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Greg, we will let you go. Riley, thank you. As always, we will let you go as well. We'll hear both of you coming up in about 30 minutes. Uh, you'll also hear uh, Greg's conversation with the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, in its entirety. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, as always. Thank you, you chef. All right, let's take a quick break. In fact, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. You're tuned to Cougar Pregame game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard. The BYU Cougars are getting ready to face the Bulldogs of La Tech. My name is Jason
2: Shepard, joined now by our sideline reporter on the broadcast tonight. and You know him, you love him. He is the star man, former BYU receiver Mitchell Juergens. What's up, Mitch? How are you tonight? I'm doing well. doing well. How are you doing, Jason? I cannot complain. Look, it is a beautiful uh, October evening. First of all, I can't believe we're in October already. Uh, but we've got a Friday night with BYU football. There are no complaints, my friend.
4: Yeah, no, this is this is exciting. I, I, I kind of love the Friday games in Provo. I came straight from work down to the stadium, and man, I got, it felt like I was driving down with some energy and just super pumped for it. I know
2: this is going to be this will be a fun one, especially the way that this team, speaking of BYU, is playing. And, and obviously, they're playing well, very well in all facets of the game. What's been more surprising to you, the play of the offense or the defense?
4: Yeah. So for me, I, I'm going to say the defense um, for a couple of reasons, you know, I'm uh, watching the offense um, kind of develop over the last couple of years. You look at the offensive side of the ball right now, and there's a lot of guys that have a ton of experience. Um, you know, those receivers, we talked, we talk, we've talked a lot about them, you know, throughout this year as they've performed so well this year so far. And mm-hmm. I mean, they all had so much experience. And so to see the offense do as well as they're doing right now, it's it's not too much of a surprise uh, to me. The defense, on the other hand, uh, had some question marks. Um, and, and it might have been the, you know, I go to the defensive line and they have been just lights out through two games this season. Um, it, you know, in early on in the season or, or before the season started, there were some question marks, at least, you know, what I was hearing. I couldn't go to uh, fall camp too much, but, um, you know, with, with the COVID protocols, Um, But there was some question marks there. And I don't know if it was there was so much hype on the offensive line because of how good they were and they are. Um, and, And so whether the defense just didn't get enough credit or maybe they were, you know, a couple steps behind. But going up against the BYU offensive line in practice week after week, day after day. I mean, they have just taken so much strides. Um, love seeing them and they're they could be arguably you know the best position group right now um, through two games this season and so it's it's been surprising but you know so fun to see Um, one thing I am kind of looking out for tonight though the the DPs really haven't been that tested um, through two games and so excited to see you know LA Tech they're gonna they're gonna throw the ball a little bit and, and and so hoping to see you know them come out and produce and and we'll see what happens. What do you attribute the play of Zach Wilson to this season? I mean, is
2: it health? Is it being in year three? Is it the opponents? Why do you think he is
4: having the type of year he is through the first two games? Yeah, so I I think all of those things will play into really the year that he's having, right? You look at it, health. I mean, he is healthy. We heard last year he wasn't as healthy as he he could have been. Um, You know, he's much healthier this year. Um, you know, he's, he is back for year three. So he's got two years of experience under his belt, which is, is only going to help you perform on the field. Um, and, uh, you know, yes, the, the competition isn't to where, you know, what we've seen, especially through the first couple games of the season. But what I think is that honestly the biggest reason for his success, I'm going to take it back to the, the competition this offseason. Um, I'm, I'm a huge believer that competition is going to bring the best out of every individual. And if it doesn't, then, you know, that can be a problem. Uh, but we saw after, at the end of the last season, there were a tr- there was a huge question mark on who was going to be the first quarterback taking snaps on game one, um, because we saw so much, uh, you know, a great performance out of Jaron, great performances out of Baylor, and, and Zach as well. We know his talent. And so this was a true three-position battle coming into fall camp, and... Um, and to see what he did in the offseason, he's bigger, he's faster, he's stronger, he's mentally so much more prepared to take on this role, and I think that played a huge, um, you know, benefit into you know what we're seeing today, uh, what what we've seen so far uh, from his performance is just that competition paying off, and he's so much better of a player because of it.
2: You might have answered this question a second ago when you talked about uh, the the defensive backs and, and maybe being challenged somewhat. What are you watching for tonight? Is there a key matchup or maybe even a specific player you're watching specifically tonight
4: yeah so and um, the DBs are going to be one that that I'm definitely watching you know as I mentioned um, you know Louisiana Tech they did throw for five touchdowns last week, and so they're going to be tested. I'm excited to see how they respond as we haven't seen too much from them so far, um, but one of the things that that really I'm watching no, nothing um, specific from a player' standpoint but can BYU keep the consistency? Um, We've seen scoring in every single quarter, not just scoring, but scoring touchdowns so far in every single quarter, and you, you provide that consistency, and it's really hard to be stopped. Um, So would love to, you know, see the scoring continue. And I don't want to see that consistency drop off, but um, seeing how well they perform from the moment the clock starts to when the game finishes, that'll be one thing I'm watching. And then the last thing is um, just the the play of Zach Wilson. You know, he's made such smart decisions through two games. Um, You know, some can say uh, that, you know, with the opponents not being as strong, how much of that really is Zach just making making crisp decisions. Um, being, you know, firing on all cylinders, um, Louisiana Tech is uh, their 2-0 and they're coming into the game. And so seeing how he responds there, um, I think, I mean, his play has been superb and, and just excited to see what he does here in Game 3 uh, coming against a 2-0 opponent.
2: Before I let you go, I did not get a chance to ask this to Riley or Greg. Uh, what did you think of the two games that BYU added, the, the games against the Mountain West teams in Boise State and against san diego state that that's uh, look I, I think that 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 certainly helped bolster this schedule for byu uh depending on how the season plays out i think those two games could be could be big uh
4: in the big picture uh, absolutely you know we were actually talking about this after the last game in our post game um And what we needed was uh, one more games, right? An eight-game season just doesn't feel like a full season. You want to get at least up to that 10-game mark. But to add two Mountain West opponents in um, Boise State and San Diego State, I mean, these are two quality programs that – are, you know, when you look at strength of schedule, if BYU can do something really spectacular and, you know, we're, everyone's thinking it, right? I'm just going to yep. say it, go undefeated, yep. have a 10-0 <laughs> season, having those two opponents on the schedule looped in with Houston and Navy, um, I mean, those are those are four quality opponents that deserve conversation to say, hey, is BYU, um, are, did they have... Um, a good enough showing yep. to qualify for that New Year's Six bowl um, here at the end of the end of the season, and so I, I think it's huge for BYU um, just to get up to the ten game mark. In of itself, is awesome. Uh, But I'm sure those players are thrilled. Yeah, I
2: I agree with what you said 100%. Mitch, great stuff as always. Looking forward to your reports tonight during the broadcast. Thanks, my man. Yeah, thanks, Jason. There you go. That's Mitchell Jurgens. You'll hear him on the sideline tonight with Greg and Riley. On the other side, you're going to hear from the head coach of the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs, Skip Holtz. That's next on Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Mountain America Credit Union on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: You're tuned to Cougar Pre-Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard.
2: The head coach of the Louisiana Tech Bulldogs is Skip Holtz. I caught up with the coach earlier this week and I asked him what has impressed him about his team's 2-0 start.
6: Their resiliency with what we went through. We had a We had a really good camp rolling along. We went for about three weeks, and then we had, unfortunately, we had a hurricane come through Louisiana, um, kind of really devastated the southern part of the state. When it hit the northern part up here, it was a Category 1, and and we were dealing with power outages in the entire city for three to five days. A lot of guys didn't have power. Players were trying to find air conditioning, places to sleep, eat. Uh, We had... uh, Closed everything down, and then unfortunately we had a spike after the hurricane with everybody being displaced and got a number of positives where we had to cancel the Baylor game. Uh, we shut everything down and tried to get our feet back on the ground, and really the one of the first times this team was really together was back on the field for Southern Miss, and so it made it, um, it made it difficult in preparation for that game, a conference game against a senior quarterback who's throwing the ball really well and, uh, was just really proud of the resiliency that the team had and the way they came together and the way they competed and down 17 points late in the third quarter and finding a way to come back and win on the last play of the game was, was an exciting emotional win and, and then to come back in and be a, a favorite against Houston Baptist the following week, who had had a great game with Texas Tech, 35-33, um, and to go out there on the field and to play the way that they did. I, I was really, really proud of them. I keep saying we're going to learn a lot about this football team as we go. Uh, we have a very young team. We have a, a new quarterback. We have... A lot of people on the back end on defense are new with all the graduation where we lost our entire secondary a year ago. We have a new offensive coordinator, a new defensive coordinator, and really we're, we're learning as we go. No spring practice, no opportunity for guys to compete, learning what some of the new guys could do that were, were coming in and having a very limited summer has certainly made has certainly made 2020 anything but normal.
2: You've used multiple quarterbacks in the first two games, but Luke Anthony has certainly taken the majority of the snaps coming off a six touchdown day. How do you look at your quarterback situation heading into this game?
6: We had so few scrimmage opportunities without a spring practice and with with so few scrimmages in the in the fall or in the in fall camp. We just we really didn't know what we had. I mean you've got Luke Anthony's a guy that transferred in here early that we were hoping that we'd learn a lot about him in spring practice, but we went into our opening game and just said we're gonna roll both quarterbacks because we want to see how they're gonna respond in a scrimmage game like situation. Uh, Aaron Allen is a very talented young quarterback who is a sophomore who I think is going to be really good, and he started the opening game, and I think he went 11-14, of and he had a productive day, and uh, Luke Anthony came in, and I thought he was really productive and leading the game-winning drive down the field in the fourth quarter. uh, We went with Luke Anthony in the second game, and I thought he really flourished. I think he's getting better and better. He's only been in this offense, as I said, for five weeks, and so I think he's uh, learning as he goes, but we're also trying to Create as much depth as we can because as much as we're testing now at three times a week you never know when one test you may get a tap on your shoulder and say hey you're starting quarterbacks out or you're starting tackle or you're starting defense alignment and so you've got to create depth on this football team which is hard for us because we have a very young football team and there's a lot of unknowns about it right now on the
2: defensive side i'm sure you've given up more points than you would prefer what aspects of your defense are you looking for the biggest improvement this week
6: I think where we have where we have the biggest unknown is again in the secondary is we talked about the quarterback situation we We graduated seven defensive backs last year and you only play four so that tells you a little bit we not only lost out of our top eight, we lost seven of them so we're we're very young, very inexperienced. You have a lot of guys that have never really played. We're starting a, a freshman corner. We've got a transfer from Penn State who's just now getting healthy that uh, we're going to have the opportunity to see him in game-like situations this week. We've got a transfer from Virginia Tech who's doing a really nice job and we've got some young guys that are in the program uh, that are playing for the first time so uh, I'd like to see obviously our pasty defense improved but when you you talk about you play Jack Abraham, who's one of, probably one of the top ten quarterbacks returning in statistics from a year ago. You play Bailey from Houston Baptist, who was averaging 550 yards in his first two games. You, you walk off the field and you gave up 400 yards, but you held him 150 below his average. So <laughs> I don't want to say you can feel good about it, but certainly better than, uh, better than the first two opponents did against him. And so we're just trying to learn about our defense. I'd love to see our pass defense improve, but it doesn't get any easier this week. Week uh, as we're going to face one of the top passing offenses in the country right now. When you look at what they're doing statistically,
2: talking with Louisiana Tech head coach Skip Holtz here on Cougar Pre-Game Live. Well, let's talk about the Cougars. Like you, they are two and zero, and you know, obviously, have done some really nice things in the first two games. You mentioned the offense. What else has been your impression of this Cougar team through two games?
6: Well, I've been statistically, it's gaudy. Um, I think they're ranked in the top ten in the country in seven offensive categories when you look at scoring offense and first downs and big plays and third down. and I mean, what they're doing right now offensively, and they've done it two different ways. They lined up with Navy and uh, controlled the ball with their line of scrimmage with their offensive line and with the running game. Uh, it was really impressive and came back the next week against Troy and, and threw the ball all over the yard. I, I think they're very balanced. I think they have a lot of weapons, and that's that's one of the things that Uh, When a team is one-dimensional, you have a chance to load the box and stop the run or statistically drop everybody out to stop the pass. But when you've watched this BYU football team in the first two weeks, that it doesn't matter what you do to them they have an answer for it right now they have a very veteran team a very experienced team uh, they know what they want to do and right now they're executing at a really high level and so you look at it and say well maybe you can control the ball and keep their offense off the field but i think statistically they're even they're even more impressive defensively i think they're leading the country in four different statistical categories and the same thing about nine or 10 categories they're in the top 10 in the country when you look at you know they've only given up i think 16% on third down. You're not going to control the ball against them. They're they're leading the country, I think, in big plays of ten yards or more. I mean, they've only given up 16 first downs in two games. I just think statistically they're they're really good. It all starts in the middle with Tonga. I think he's he's a big, strong, physical presence that sits right over the center. Um, that's going to create is going to create havoc in both the run and the pass. And then, like I said, they're very very experienced, very veteran, very fundamentally sound. They're a well coached football team, and it's really the really been impressive to watch the film. Unfortunately, we have to line up and play them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you and I were talking uh, before we started recording this interview. You do have it's small but somewhat of a history with BYU. You were at Colorado State for a little while, so you had some history being in the same conference as BYU. Then you actually came out to Provo as the offensive coordinator Notre Dame in 93. So you've been here before, but you were talking about how much you've been looking forward to this. and It'll be a little less loud than maybe the last time you were here with no fans, but this is a place that uh, you haven't been to in a while.
6: No. And it's a special place. I I really, one of the things that I have great respect is for the tradition and the history. Uh, of BYU. Their fan support has been uh, unbelievable. It is one of the, the great places to go play. I mean, when you talk about the crowd noise and the atmosphere and the student body and everybody being involved in it, but it's a very educated fan base, a very loud fan base, and a very passionate and supportive fan base. And it's unfortunate they're not going to be able to be in the stadium uh, Saturday that our, or Friday that our players aren't going to have the opportunity to experience that atmosphere and environment. But uh, we know we're going to play a really good football team. I I know the history of BYU, the type of program that they have, the type of athletes that they have, uh, the size, the maturity that they have. It's going gonna, it's gonna to create a phenomenal ch- challenge. But I think we're going to learn a lot about our young football team and going on the road and having the opportunity to play uh, a ranked football team who... Is right now outscoring their opponents 103 to 10 in their first two football games. So um, it'll be a great it'll be a great opportunity for us to learn a lot about our football team against a really quality opponent. Last thing
2: that was head coach Skip Holtz. We'll take a quick break, come back and wrap things up, and get ready to head things over to uh, the stadium for Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson. Don't forget, you also hear the entire conversation with the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitake. It's all coming up next on the New Skin BYU Sports Network
1: you're tuned to cougar pregame live on the new skin byu sports network now back to your host jason shepherd final segment of cougar
2: pregame live coming up at halftime we'll let you hear from byu athletic director tom holmo Spoke earlier today to the media as well as to BYU Sports Nation on BYU TV and BYU Radio talking about the additions of the two new games to the 2020 football schedule. We'll hear him talk about the additions of Boise State as well as San Diego State. That's coming up at halftime of our game tonight between BYU and Louisiana Tech. Also, we'll hear from... Blaine Fowler, former BYU quarterback and BYU TV analyst, he'll join me and we'll uh, recap the first half. That's going to do it for my part here at BYU Radio. We're going to take a break. On the other side, it is the Cougar pregame coaches show with Greg Rubel and Kalani Satake. That's coming up next. You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: It's time to preview today's matchup with head coach Kalani Sataki. It's the Cougar pregame coaches show presented by Zion's bank for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zion's bank is for you. The Cougar pregame coaches show is also brought to you by mountain America credit union, mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
0: Good evening, Cougar football fans, and welcome inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. As the 22nd-ranked BYU Cougars host Louisiana Tech in a first-time tilt between these two teams, It is the second home game of the season for BYU, a third straight game to be played with no fans in the stands in accordance with local health regulations. I'm Greg Rubel. I'll have tonight's play by play for you alongside the former BYU signal caller, the sling and scramble and southpaw himself, Riley Nelson. And uh, Riley, the way that BYU's opened the season has put the Cougars squarely in the early season college football conversation. While much of the discussion still centers on COVID and how the pandemic is reshaping the season nationally, Uh, The football talk itself has featured BYU and the Cougars 2-0 start. People are paying attention. And on this Friday, when BYU is the only ranked team in action, it's another great opportunity to to show out to keep this undefeated start going for one more week and stay top of mind in this first week of October because, well, it's been a while since BYU was a, a talking point at this time of year.
3: Yeah, and Louisiana Tech comes at a good time. They're a little bit more of a recognizable brand than, say, Troy from last week. Uh granted, BYU is heavily favored in this game. And I think rightfully so. But they're well coached by Skip Holtz. And uh, they're going to compete for their conference championship. So if BYU takes care of business here tonight and comes away with a win, Louisiana Tech will help bolster that resume as they go throughout the rest of the season. And uh, it, bottom line, I mean, I, I love Cougar blowouts. But I, I'm looking to see them get challenged a little bit tonight and see how they respond. So uh, I think that we have a chance for that here tonight.
0: I want BYU to get challenged in a blowout. Okay, B- BYU and LaTeX, uh, two of the highest-scoring teams in the country through two games. Uh, BYU second in points per game, 515 LaTex sixth in points per game, 48 and a half. The Bulldogs have played an FCS team. BYU's had two FBS foes. Either way, two high-powered offenses are set to square off. Tonight we shall see if the BYUD can stay stingy. Cougs have allowed only 10 points through two games and have yet to allow an opponent to reach even 200 yards in total offense. When we come back, the pregame comments of BYU head coach Kalani Sitake as his guys look to go 3-0. and This is the Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show for banking that helps you game plan for Life Zions Bank is for you. This is BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: The Cougar pregame coaches show continues. Once again, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
0: Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo for BYU and Louisiana Tech. First of three games against teams from Conference USA. Another CUSA team in town next week as BYU rolls in, as UTSA rolls into Provo to play BYU. A conference colleague, Western Kentucky. Another Conference USA will visit BYU to end the month of October. BYU fans, remember... That when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. With a BYU win tonight, pizza will be 50% off at PapaJohns.com using the online promo code BYU50. That's on Monday. On Monday, go for that. The offer good at any Utah location. Tonight, BYU and LaTex. Cougars 22nd in the AP and the coaches' polls. LaTex unranked in the AP, getting votes in the coaches' poll. BYU tonight seeking its first 3-0 start. Since 2014, when the Cougars won their first four games of that season, six nights ago, BYU improved 2-2-0 with a 48-7 home win over Troy. It was a game that followed a nearly three-week break and a number of positive COVID cases that led to multiple players sitting out last week. Head coach Kalani Sitake now saying the short week has actually been a good week when it comes to the personnel outlook for tonight's game.
7: It's been a good week. You know, the uh, short turnaround, so uh, we had to kind of do a um, hybrid practices um and and knowing that we're going to play a day earlier than normal and so uh adjusted our schedule a little bit and had the guys ready to roll and we had some really good preparation good practice and like the way the guys are looking so looking forward to the game
0: i would think that after going 19 days between games it's kind of nice to actually be back in a grind a little bit
7: yeah it just feels familiar to get back into the the groove of things and and you know the the on the on the negative side of things the guys are are bumped up or and have a few like things to overcome. It, it makes it a little bit more difficult, but uh, you know we have our depth and and we think guys are going to be ready to roll. So we'll see how how it how it looks.
0: How pleased are you with the way that your depth has evidenced itself? Not just this year, but in year five uh, of your program.
7: Yeah, I feel really good about the team. And then you know there's a uh, when we made that shift to go uh, with a lot of young guys, and I think it just kind of happened how. Uh, we had a lot of veterans graduate in 2016, and so we had to, had to go young. And then we had a number of injuries, a number of things happen in the program where where uh, all of a sudden we were sitting there with a lot of freshmen and sophomores playing, and now those guys are upperclassmen, juniors and seniors, and and uh, you know we've been able to get a good cycle of players coming in and contributing and having roles. So that we're hoping now that as we get in the mix of things and and we have worked the mission program and recruiting and everything that our guys start to develop and we have a good uh good cycle players being veterans and experienced and then also mixing in the newcomers and guys that can have some role
0: you were down a few guys uh, last week for covid and other issues are those numbers back up a little bit this week
7: yeah i mean i think there's uh there's uh, our numbers are higher now as far as people that we can go to and so feeling like we have a a really good um handle on on uh you know our our covid testing and, and the number of Uh, positives that we're seeing everything's gone uh, trending the right way and so uh, the fact that we are having guys coming back and guys being able to play and more importantly have some practice time in in order to get ready for the game Uh, last game against Troy we had a few you know a few guys that played that only really had one or two days Mm -hmm. of practice and so really couldn't go full with them you you could have a the goal was to get 20 reps with those guys and then we were able to do that and and then feel comfortable with, with, the, with the lead that we had that we didn't really need to go to, to them as much as possible.
0: To tonight's opponent, how beneficial was it that you had a team in Troy that plays a similar style uh, to La Tech in terms of spreading it and how you deploy your defensive personnel in response?
7: Yeah, that that has a lot of carryover, you know, especially since the first game was against a triple option team. And so uh, now having it uh, be a little bit carryover and having some, some of our schemes uh, be able to ha- um, line up to uh, both LaTeX and Troy, I think that that's a huge benefit. Um, I think uh, you know Louisiana Tech's um, approach is a little bit different than Troy's, meaning that they try to be a little bit more balanced. Troy was more pass game oriented, and, and I think LaTeX is going to focus on trying to be balanced, trying to establish a run game, and uh, do a lot of quick throws off of the run game with their RPOs. So you know, I, I think uh, it's a little different, but at least our guys are familiar with the scheme and it carries over from week to week.
0: Among the things that stands out about La Tech is that they played a season opener on the road, got down by 17 in the third quarter, and came back to win that game.
7: Yeah, definitely, and and, and you see the the resilience that they have as, as a team. I mean, that's difficult to do, come back from behind and win, and, and then to do it in the fashion that they did, meaning that the last drive was basically they took their time, and it was it, it looked like they weren't in such a hurry, and actually used all the, the time, and, and I think scored the last touchdown. With nine or ten seconds left, you know. So, um, and they, they were it wasn't just like going to two minutes style of offense. They actually ran the ball and uh, did some quick throws out of it. So, uh, I think they they they're well coached. They have uh, they have an identity with their big guys up front. They're going to try to establish the run game. And they have a lot of returning starters, so they're a veteran group. And I think uh, you know we're looking forward to the challenge. But I think our guys are excited about this matchup.
0: At two and zero, and scoring fifty plus points a game, allowing only ten through two games, there are a lot of things to like about how your team has played. Do you pinpoint one or two things that you've been most pleased with in getting to two and zero?
7: Yeah, I just like the fact that the guys are working really well together. You know, and you see it on on the field, the communication, um, the the discipline, and and the clean execution. And that the goal is to just keep doing that. I think if we play clean football, assignment sound football, and and guys trusting each other. Uh, you could see that there's this high level of trust from everyone and then it's in all three phases, you know so the uh, For example the offense knows that the re- protection is going to be there Zach knows where the receiver is going to be and you know in the years past we've had guys Freelance quite a bit and and, and now seeing uh, the players trust each other and tr- and, and, and Knowing that they're going to be accountable. It's going to be it's a fun thing to see and uh, I think it, it now that we're getting some momentum and you're seeing a lot of success it does only. It only confirms that what they're doing is right, and so hopefully we can keep going that way.
0: Okay, always good to have this time with you, Kalani. Best of luck against Louisiana Tech, and we'll talk to you post game.
7: Thanks, Greg. Let's go.
0: That is BYU head coach Kalani Sitake leading us into the homie home field advantage brought to you by homie who reminds you that there's no place like home playing in front of Cougar fans who have your back Homie's got your back saving you sweet cash when buying or selling a home call it your homie home field advantage tonight we check in on BYU's home win streak which stands at a modest four games but it is the longest Lavelle Edwards Stadium win streak for BYU since a six game run from the end of 2016 through the beginning of 2017 this has been the Zions bank cougar pregame coaches show for banking that helps you game plan for life zion's bank is for you we're back to lavelle edwards stadium in provo right after this as coverage of cougar football continues on the new skin byu sports network
1: kickoff is just around the corner you're tuned to the byu store cougar kickoff show The BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The Cougar Kickoff Show is also brought to you by Bailey's Moving. We move with you every step of the way since 1952. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. And by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the MoBeta's broadcast booth. Alongside Riley Nelson, here's the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
0: Good evening once again, Cougar Nation. We are live inside picturesque Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo, Utah. For some Friday night lights, it is number 22, BYU home to Louisiana Tech. In the first ever meeting between these two programs, La Tech is the 84th different FBS team to face BYU. It's the first game of a five games in five weeks stretch for the Cougs. Make it 6-6. Six six. They're now scheduled to play every week in the month of October and the first weekend of November now up at Boise State. Greg Rubel, former BYU quarterback Riley Nelson with you from our broadcast booth. We are joined by engineer Michael Wimmer, statsman Ralph Sokolowski, spotter Tyler Gibb down on the field. We have former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. Mitch reporting from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you. Our team in the radio studios back at BYU Radio comprised of host Jason Shepard, engineers Barry Squires and Sean Fay, coordinating producer Terry South, control board operators Lee Howard and Cole Wissinger, as well as broadcast intern Bryce Larson tonight. You are t- tuned in on the new skin, BYU Sports Network, our satellite flagship, BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143 and 89.1 FM HD2. Our Salt Lake City flagship, KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. We are also on network affiliates in the West and around the world on the BYU Radio app, the BYU Cougars app, the BYU Game Day app, the KSL apps, as well as BYURadio.org and BYUCougars.com. And you can hear broadcast archives on the BYU Football Podcast as well. Well, how good has BYU been through two weeks of play, or two games at least? Let us count the ways. Points scored, check. Points allowed, check. Total offense, check. Total defense, check. Third down offense and defense, check and check. Three and outs on both sides of the ball, check, check. Chunk plays, check. Red zone offense, check. Pass efficiency, another check, and on we go. First nationally in possession time, almost no penalties. Riley, BYU's not had to face its typical P5 juggernaut, perhaps, to open the season. But regardless of opposition, man, they've been sharp by any and every measure.
3: Yeah, and I think you have to achieve it to what Coach uh, Sitake made the theme of his post game last that this team's maturity has led to extreme chemistry and uh, it's showing out on the field you give me the challenge so I'm going to accept that of uh, finding uh, maybe a couple areas where this team can improve Uh, Coach Sataki talked about the defense creating turnovers. They're great in every other metric, but they're just not turning the ball over. He wants to see him create that. And then offensively, there's really not much to be desired other than uh, I'm still kind of waiting to see if Neil Pau, how and when he gets integrated into this offense. We saw the emergence of Dax and Gunner yesterday, waiting to see how Neil emerges.
0: All right, more of the BYU Store. Cougar kickoff show is coming up after we tell you that this season, BYU football and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America will donate two $250 $250 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian services and programs. Our pregame coverage of BYU and lot Tech continues right after this short break on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Play action, throws for the
1: end zone, It's
7: for a touchdown.
1: You are listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. The cougar kickoff show continues let's head back to the mo Betta's broadcast booth with riley nelson and the voice of the cougars greg rubel
0: This is the Cougar Kickoff Show, brought to you by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are live at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, where tonight is a Five for the Fight night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. As BYU hosts Louisiana Tech, Five for the Fight is the charity arm of Qualtrics. You all know Qualtrics as the Provo-based company that has become a global experience management giant. Yet Qualtrics remains a company rooted here at home and is locally visible in the sporting arena in particular through its Five for the Fight initiative designed to raise funds for cancer research. Mike Mon is the head of Global Insights at Qualtrics and co-founded the Five for the Fight Foundation. And we're pleased to have him join us on the Cougar Kickoff Show tonight. Welcome, Mike.
9: Thanks so much for having me. So Five for the
0: Fight was formed with a lofty goal in mind, $50 million directly to cancer research and you're already more than halfway there. It's an amazing story.
9: You know, it's been incredible. And we're so grateful to have seen the entire community and, and communities across the world jump on board and, and feel like this is their, their foundation, their cause. And, and frankly, and unfortunately, it is everybody's cause. All of us have been impacted by cancer in one way or another. And the goal of Five for the Fight was to give everybody an opportunity to be involved because it gets its name by inviting everyone to give $5 for the fight against cancer, and that's something that all of us can do. Five for the Fight makes
0: it easy for people to be a part of the effort. It doesn't take a lot of time or money to make a difference. Logistically, how can the BYU fans listening tonight get directly involved?
9: You just go to fiveforthefight.org. It's fiveforthefight.org, and there are ways to donate if you want to just give uh, money there directly. There are different ways that, that communities can get involved, that companies can get involved, and all of those are, are listed there as well. Some companies, for example, have chosen to do an employee giving campaign where employees give $5 out of each paycheck and it goes directly to the, to the foundation. Others, for example, like J-Dogs, who we love in this community, sells their special sauce and, and during the month of February gives the proceeds to Five for the Fight and 100% of all donations goes directly to Cancer Research.
0: And then, of course, we like to see it prominently represented on social media with the hashtag Five for the Fight. We've all seen the hands with names written on them, and that's another great component of this effort.
9: It is. It gives everybody an opportunity. We invite people to write on their hand the name of someone who has fought or is fighting cancer and for whom they're donating an honor of. And, and so my mother, for example, was diagnosed with breast cancer after we started this, and you, you'll see me with my hand up uh, saying mom all the time uh, with the hashtag Five for the Fight.
0: We see the Utah Jazz jersey patch. We'll see Five for the Fight represented tonight here at the stadium. What is it about sports that has attracted Qualtrics and Five for the Fight?
9: I think there's a lot to it, right? I mean, there's a, a fight that goes on on the, on the court, a fight that goes on uh, down on the, in, the, in the stadium. And I think it brings a lot of people together in a way that, that stirs our emotions and helps us understand that we can come together in a cause. Uh, that we can fight against things without being uh, contentious and, and still being team sports. There's a big piece of the team element to this as well. And anyone who's fought cancer knows that it's not something that you do alone, hopefully. It, it's something that requires a team of people around you to, to lift you up, to buoy you up, to help you through those really rough times in this fight against so terrible a disease.
0: Well, we, of course, hope fans will be in the stands for our next Five for the Fight night here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Uh, we know how much the local community appreciates Qualtrics. How much does Qualtrics feel tied still to the area and to BYU?
9: Look, our our roots are here, uh, and, and we have so many employees who've come from from this area, and Cougar Nation has been uh, one of our best supporters when it comes to, to Qualtrics, when it comes to Fight for the Fight and all the things that, that we're doing. We're so grateful to be part of this community and and grateful to have seen the incredible outpouring and in support for this cause, and and again, for for where we are and how we run the business. It's based in Provo, always has been, and, and will be.
0: Well, Mike, thank you so much for helping to spearhead such an important cause. Congratulations on all of Qualtrics' success, both professionally and philanthropically, and I appreciate you helping us promote Five for the Fight Night with BYU Football.
9: Thank you so much, Greg.
0: All right, that is Mike Mon from Qualtrics, and five for the fight on this five for the fight night at Lavelle Edward Stadium. Time now for tonight's Hyatt Place Comfort Zone feature at Hyatt Place Provo. Your safety and comfort will always be our highest priority. And Riley, no one is more comfortable right now than quarterback Zach Wilson. Through two games, eighty percent passer, pass efficiency two twenty one point four. He's been keep being kept clean in the pocket, and then throwing accurately and athletically when he leaves the pocket.
3: Yeah, he's done it all, and I. Look, the reality is, um... That it's going to come down at some point as they face uh, with the announcement of the uh, you know San Diego State and Boise State, a couple of better teams. But I he's there's he's given me no indication that these first two games are flukes. So I'm really encouraged for the progress that he's made over the off season. I do think he's going to face at least athletically. I don't know schematically. And it was mentioned earlier on in the pregame that this defense is a little bit inexperienced, having only returned one starter. But at least athletically, this should be the best defense that he's put, he's faced thus far. I expect at some point during the game he's going to face a little bit of adversity really excited to see how he's going to respond to it he's always faced adversity well by responding and meeting to the challenge but the younger zach would sometimes press and try and do too much interested to see this season if he's learned to pace himself go back to and rely on his technique and his position mastery uh, when when that adversity will eventually come
0: all right more of the byu store cougar kickoff show is coming your way next on the new skin byu sports network
1: Let's get you back to Jason Shepard and Riley Nelson for more Cougar pregame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: All right, so we are back here at Lavella Edward Stadium in Provo. BYU and LaTeX coming up just after the top of the hour, the kickoff. BYU playing the second of six scheduled home games. Make it seven scheduled home games after today's San Diego State announcement. Uh, BYU looking to win a fifth in a row here at home and a third in three games to open the season. Yesterday it was announced uh, BYU adding a road game, big one, At Boise State on November 7th, the home game with San Diego State comes in December. But, Riley, if BYU can just take care of business in October, including a big game at Houston here in two weeks, that blue turf battle, man, it looms as, well, the largest... BYU-Boise game ever for BYU?
3: Oh boy, does it ever. And uh, Hopefully the players don't uh, get too ahead, but we as fans and the media get the uh, get the chance to do that and look ahead. Especially, one of the other reasons I'm really excited is I know a, a Zach Wilson... Still, that's one of the games that he wants back, being up there as a freshman and having played so well, but then coming up just short two years ago on that blue turf. I know he wants to get that bad taste out of his mouth and avenge that loss in what will be, as you already said, Greg, probably the most meaningful Boise-BYU matchup in the last 10 years, if not ever.
0: And uh, Zach's next game on the blue turf after the one you just referenced was his perfect game in the bowl game. So he That's does right. have good blue turf experience despite that tough loss against Boise State back in 2018. Coming up, we'll head down to field level and hear from Mitchell Jurgens as the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show continues live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium in Provo on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: You are listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio
0: rope is wide open and it's a catch made for a first down
1: this is the cougar kickoff show let's get back to riley nelson and the voice of the cougars greg brubell All right, to
0: BYU and Louisiana Tech tonight. uh, Two teams which have combined to score exactly 200 points through two games. Notably, BYU allowing only five points per game. La Tech has given up 34 points per game, including 38 to an FCS foe. Just last week, let's now bring in our sideline reporter, Mitchell Jurgens from the Zions Bank end zone for banking that helps you, game plan for life. Zions Bank is for you and Mitch. Yes, the offense and defense both on a roll right now, but special teams have been just as good. Jake Oldroyd makes everything he kicks. Punter Ryan Rico has a heavy leg, but uh, fortunately for BYU, uh, he hasn't had to use it a lot. Uh, but when the special teams have been called on, with the exception of of that punt muff last week early.
4: Oh, man, they've been as good as the Cougs' other two groups in the early part of the season. Yeah, Greg, honestly, it's been really impressive to watch. Um, And uh, to talk to Jake a little bit, and to be honest, for me personally, it's not surprising at all. You know, I got to see firsthand with the best seat in the house as Jake's holder when he first started kicking for BYU that this kid is the real deal. Um, you know, he's always had a powerful leg and the accuracy is dead on right now. His 54 yard field goal last week to me had another 10 yards of distance, which was I mean, also piped just right down the middle. So as you mentioned, I mean, the special teams is on fire right now, in addition to the offense and the defense. And even if either offense or defense is off, special teams is, is important and impactful enough to win games for programs, despite you know, either side of the ball struggling. So with all three facets of the game being spot on, this BYU team is dangerous. All right, Mitch, your second game uh, in front of the empty stands here in Povo. What's the vibe here tonight? Well, it's quiet. I wish wish (laughs) it was a lot louder. it's, It's something that I don't want to get used to too much, but it is, I mean, it's pretty neat. We'll see. I love hearing the crack of the pads. I love, you know, just being almost more involved with, personal conversations i mean it's it's definitely an interesting atmosphere but we miss cougar nation here in the stands um hopefully we can hear him from you know outside the stadium getting loud and we look forward to hearing from you throughout the night that is mitchell jurgens who hails
0: from houston i tell you that because byu's last 3-0 start came in 2014 when win number three was a 33-25 decision over houston Coming up next, Riley Nelson's keys to the game, the coin toss, and the opening kick. This has been the BYU Store Cougar Kickoff Show live from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
1: This is the Cougar Kickoff Show. Let's get back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Brubell.
0: All right. It is time now for tonight's Ken Garf Keys to the Game, brought to you by Ken Garf Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen, proud supporters of BYU and the Cougar community. We hear Cougs. We also hear Riley's Keys right here, right now.
3: The theme for the Keys to the Game this week is just improvement uh, on what is already a tremendous start to this 2020 season. For the defense, Coach Satake mentioned it in the post game after Troy. He'd like to see more turnovers. Looking at Louisiana Tech, there's going to be a lot of quick game, a lot of lateral pass game. I don't know necessarily they're going to try to push the ball down the field, so the opportunity for turnover is probably not going to come on the back end through interception. Rather, BYU's done a good job at creating more sacks than they did last year. The, the next progression is that when you get home, try and separate the football from the quarterback. Likewise, if, uh, if your teammate has a guy wrapped up and you're the second tackler, come in there hawking for the ball, dislodge it, and turn it over. For the offense, the key this week is going to be playing without their center and the captain of that offensive line, James Empey. As Greg tweeted out, he is not playing tonight due to uh, an injury. And it will be Joe Tukwafo's first start at center. So how well will that offensive line that has been the most impressive position uh, uh, position group for this BYU offense how often how well will they rally around him support him in his first start being that the center so important to the offensive line and lastly uh, you and Mitch just talked about it Greg but for the special teams it's a it was a goal for a lot of the teams that I played on to have each phase of the game be in the positive turnover margin they gave one up last week through a um, through a physical mistake see if they can get one back this week to get to even and then over the course of the season uh, turn the turnover margin in their favor.
0: All right, those are Riley Nelson's. Ken Garf, keys to the game, getting set for BYU and La Tech. The visiting Bulldogs out of Ruston, Louisiana. In the all-whites tonight, white jerseys, white pants, and red helmets with the La Tech logo. BYU will be the royal on white tonight. So royal jerseys, white pants, white helmets. Officiating tonight, the crew is led by the referee David Alvarez. And referee Alvarez is calling captains to the 50. And they'll allow one captain to be in the coin toss area. Just one this year with COVID regulations in place. And for La Tech, that'll be the center, Cody Russey. And for BYU, the captain representing for the coin toss is Zane Anderson. We'll now go to our ref, Mike, and get the toss.
3: Louisiana Tech, you're going to call the toss tonight. It's a silver dollar. Red is head. Green's tails. Red is head. Green's tails. What are you going to call? Tails. He said tails. Green. It's head. You've won the toss. We'd like to defer. Let's defer. BYU was on the toss. We'll defer to the second half. You want the ball. Which And do you want to defend? Which way do you, would you like to kick? You want, you want to stay on that side? Very good. All right. The Cougars out. will defend Deco. the south we'll end zone and defer side. to Shake the second half. And,
0: and this is Cougar football.